Welcome to Old Dog New Tricks. Everyone has heard this saying before, but today we are going to put that theory to the test. My co-host John and I are focusing on risk management and its relation to blockchain. As an experienced investor, what are some of your key points or tips, John? Well, Austin, this is a topic uh, I like to chat about and I like to think about, and it's timely. Here we sit in September 2022, and last month's inflation report, I think, was like 8.2% for last month. It was and, projected uh, 8.1 with a realized 83 so, Yeah, okay. Well, important. yeah, and it, th- there's this kind of this specter that we're on the precipice of a recession. And so when you think about that going forward, a, a logical thought that comes up is how does that bear upon my investments in crypto. Right. And I think about, interestingly enough, something that my, I think it was my 10th grade history teacher said. (laughs) This guy was really interesting. He was, he was an old white guy when I was in, you know, like history class. And I know you'd know that because he had a military butch haircut and black rim spectacles and always wore, this was in Tampa, Florida, always wore, our high school wasn't air conditioned, short sleeve white t-shirts with twin pockets, pockets, black pants and ugly shoes. And he had a transistor radio that he always kept in his left breast pocket and an earpiece. And we, we learned as we got to know him that he, he never missed the news. He was like <laughs> he was a news going. freak. Yeah, like so like in the middle of the class or between classes, his name was Mr. Robinson. He's a very good history teacher. But I had an experience with him, as did some of my classmates, that was unique in that we started the first couple of class sessions in, 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 his, in world history, and he would wax into these brief five-minute little chats that went sort of to areas of philosophy, yeah. And his his favorite one is, and it got to be a saying in the in the class, was an utterance of Socrates, and the famous utterance of Socrates was "Know thyself, know thyself." And when you're in tenth grade, you know you think, well, hey, there's not really much to know here. I'm in tenth yeah. grade, right? <laughs> but he did plant a seed. It was a it was a, it was a great seed a seed that generalizes across different contexts in your life. Know, know thyself in relationships with others. Know thyself in relationship with, you know, your friends, wife. relatives, business associates. Know thyself with regard to risk management. And here's yeah. the, the tie-in. Because that is, it. this sounds a little airy-fairy and a little introspective because it is. Yeah. Um, and, and the place you have to start is in thinking about knowing thyself with regard to risk management is what's your risk tolerance? You know, we're not all the same that way. And there's a subjective component and there's an objective component. We're all you know, the walks of life where, where are you and your risk management like lifestyle or, you know, what are your take-ins and your, your out imports and outports here? Yeah. Uh, and at the grassroots level, how much risk can you tolerate in your life and not have an anxiety rack reaction, still be able to sleep at night and kind of, you know, enjoy your existence? And that's something that is introspective. Every individual is a bit different and you have to 
you know, sort that out for your for yourself. I have a business partner of many years, and he has a higher risk tolerance than I do. Always has. Guess he always will. So that that's kind of the subjective part. How much risk can you comfortably tolerate? And then the objective part of that, which can't be ignored, is depending upon your life situation, you're able to tolerate varying levels of risk. So I've been on the planet significantly longer than you have. Statistically, you got a lot more time than I do. So yeah. you can screw up a couple times. Yeah, I right? got, a, got a couple you failures can, under the belt. You can screw up and recover. <laughs> right. Yeah. Me, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> and my group. So that's a very important recognition. Time sure. isn't on your side the more birthdays you've accrued. And that's just a fact, right? Yeah. We actually have um, but, a really funny one. And one of, the, one of the guys in our groups, he's 18. You know, he just, he just started trading. He's been doing super well. Uh, he has just an insanely high risk tolerance, and and uh, recently he's been just making really good, really good plays and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's funny. It's like, yeah, well, you you know, you still live at home with your parents. You know, you're about to go to college. You know, you <laughs> your risk tolerance here can be astronomical. <laughs> yes, yes, and that's another important part of the objective side of things. What circumstances do you find your, yourself in? You know, are you a younger person that has wealth in the family and you're pretty well certain there's a parachute for your, yeah. for your screw-ups? You probably can be a little bit more risk tolerant as opposed to, you know, an, an older person that they have their own resources and, and, and no others. They are arguably... You know, you know. Exactly. There's not family to jump in for screw-ups, that sort of thing. But it's really important to think about it like that. You have an age dimension. You have an asset accrual dimension. What, what position do you find yourself in you know, right now when you have decisions to make? And that kind of connects a bit to where we are presently in September 2022. Because most pundits agree, these aren't my ideas. I don't really have original ideas. But, <laughs> but does um, anyone have real? <laughs> this is arguable. But I think a general consensus is that, to some degree, simple math is going to dictate here going forward. And what I mean by that is, if you subscribe to the notion that in in the most in the most parsimonious of analyses, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. And with that, you have a rise in prices over time. And we're seeing a lot of that right right now. We have excessive government borrowing. We've essentially kept the Kool-Aid stand open since about 2012 with artificially low interest rates. And at some point, Piper has to be paid, right? And sure. so what that means is that Tighten the, the Fed's the Fed's increasing its discount rate, has to pull money out of the system. So there's going to be f fewer dollars in the system and it, it to get inflation under control. And with that, it's fair to say that to the extent that traditional securities and crypto are in some way linked together with regard to their price movements, sure. yeah. You're going to have fewer dollars in the system. Crypto goes down. And, you know, 
there's some practical ways of thinking about that. So the kid that you mentioned who's been a risk taker and, and doing great, maybe he's been working from his allowance, you know, <laughs> and from the parents. And all of a sudden the, the parents, hey, you're going to have to cut back the allowance, back my friend. No, he's right? been straight from his own stuff. It's crazy. He's done. Good like, for him. He's done. Yeah, he's done really well. So it's awesome. But Good yeah, for, I understood like the. It's uh, just a mathematical point. Fewer mathematical. dollars in the system, fewer dollars to wander their way into crypto. For sure. And so going you forward, spend it it's, on stuff that actually you know your housing, your food, and living. Those are the you know the immediate goods are more in the eyesight now than not just. Hey, we got extra money to blow here. Right. Right, right, right. And actually, in speaking of the extra money to blow, that reminds me of something that you said to to me when we in our first discussions about crypto, actually, you said, yeah. you know, it's really if you get involved in crypto, it's a really good idea not to put any more than 5% of your wealth into crypto because yeah. of its volatility, because it's a new thing. Over time, you know, I think you do well with crypto. I'm a crypto believer, your words. Yeah. But I think that's the level of risk that a portfolio should, should dedicate to crypto. And that was very helpful to, to me because it gave me context yeah, for, for sure. getting involved in crypto. So, yeah, I can do that because at it, 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 my station, more birthdays, maybe a little bit more wealth acquired. If that goes away, I really won't, it won't affect my lifestyle. I won't miss it. For sure. Right? Oh, I might miss it. <laughs> I might even be able to miss it. You're going to miss a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll miss a little bit. But it won't affect my lifestyle. <laughs> but it's better than 95%. <laughs> yes. That, and, that, and that's the point. And that 5%, you know, that was a rule. It was a specific rule that you gave me. And I yeah. thought that was that was great because I kind of like investing rules. I, I think they help. I think they, they help, help you us. a ton. You know, help everybody for them. That's right. Sticking and to your rules. The people who stick to their actual rules during trading are the ones that come out successful here. If you if you throw into your gut feeling or you don't, you know, you I'm not going to follow this rule that one time. That's when it ha that's when you lose it. <laughs> yeah, right. Or they don't have rules for buying and yeah. selling or they they they, they, they this, just like the you no said, this one time guy. I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And so I'd be curious as to hear your thoughts about, you know, when I think about securities and I think about rules, I think about stop losses. I think about rules for selling and recapturing capital, regardless of how positive I might be with respect to a specific security. I have that those rules for recapturing the investment and, 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 and stick by them. So I don't know exactly what all of that would look like in crypto and it's there that you might be able to to Take shed some light yeah sure. yeah so my thought process here is very similar you know when you're coming into the space you don't know a ton you know if i if when i first started i invested a very small amount and i was able to do well with it and over time it got became more and more of my percentage of net worth to where now it's most of it so that just, you know, it's a, it's a very, very long-term game. And the thought process to me here is when you're entering, yeah, exactly. Don't do more than 5%. This is something that you don't know anything about. It's a very tough concept to wrap your head around. You want to find the 
education. You want to find the outlets to actually learn as much as you can before you start risking more money because, it, like you said, it is insanely volatile. You know, 2016, I was buying Ethereum for 11 bucks, and now it, we, it's down bad, and it's at $1,300. That's literally insane to me. But at the same time, the volatility here is it's it from recent highs of November, it's down like 80%. So we had almost hit $5,000. So, you know, the, the concept here is if you have to live off this money or you have to, you know, use it, it's something that, you know, you should not be taking loans against it. You should not be having taking loans against your house to buy crypto or, you know, these are some things that I've seen a ton in the space where like, oh yeah, I... We're doing great. I I took a refinance my house and pulled out a hundred grand to put into crypto, and then you know the rates go up, and you know it's just it's a bloodbath because that's what happens with unmanaged risk management is you're gonna lose you're gonna lose assets. And me in 2017, that was me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was my that was my first failure. You know, we we had gone in from. I don't know, maybe like $7,000 to about $400,000 in the span of a year. And then watched all of that just poof into thin air because guess what? It went all the way back down to like $60,000. So again, it was, it was tough, but if I had done more risk management at that point and had had a set of rules or, or anything, I would have done astronomically better. You know, there, you one of my favorite sayings, and I learned this from the guy who taught me all of my, my trading knowledge, shout out to Harvey, you buy in thirds, you sell in thirds. So you pick your how much money you want to put in to something, you know, if it, even if it's a short term, a long term trade, anything like that, I have $1,000 I want to put into crypto. Most people are like, I'm just going to throw $1,000 in. But guess what? If you split that into three buys of $333, chances are you're probably going to get a better price average. And the more of those averages that you increase and add, just how we've talked about dollar cost averaging before, is that 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 price point split over possibly 10 buys. Say you want to put $100 in it each time. It just, it just has that insane volatility. So if you bought, instead of buying $1,000 you know, of ETH at $5,000 ETH at, in November, you bought $100 and then you bought $100 in January when it was 2800 and then you bought $100 when it was you know 1700 in April then you bought another $100 when it was $800 in June so you are can already see that the price scale here is is fits on a a better scale when you're actually making more purchases of smaller amounts and this may not be the what everyone wants to hear because you don't see that huge number jump off, but you also don't lose that huge number, which is more likely the scenario. And again, on when you're looking to sell, I, you know, I'm selling, I sold one third at like 2000. I sold another third in the 4,000 range. I didn't hit the top. I didn't time the top. I didn't, you know, I'm not worried about it. I think statistically it'll probably come back to these prices because this is what happens in crypto. It's super, it's not a, it's not a regulated market. It's wild west. You know, these things are, it's a roller coaster. So you have to, you know, think about these things in terms of 
you know, it's 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 wild. We need to capture as much of the and preserve as much of this gained wealth because you can lose it super easily. And that's like like I said, like I already learned my lesson in 2017. Um, you know, I was doing like leverage trading with money that I, you know, didn't really understand. Um, and it was had already bottomed, but you know, on the way back up on that little fake fake out they had in 2018, 2019, I lost like 32 Ethereum, just poof. And when you have leverage, you don't, it's different than like a, like just owning the asset. Like if Ethereum, if you know you're here long-term, it go, it's going up and down all the time. It's not really captured until you actually sell it for that lower price. But with leverage trading, when you hit that lower number, you, you just clean out the money that you had risked, right? So I would much rather have not risked it and still have that 32 ETH now obviously because at the price it was maybe like 90 bucks or 100 bucks um so it wasn't a ton of money at the time but now it's you know it's a substantial amount of money when you look back at it so it's always hindsight but these things are super important and it's something that learning that that risk management style is 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 key so sell in thirds buy in thirds is one of the ones i i definitely look at, you know, only putting about 5% of your capital is, is super important. And if it's, if you have higher risk tolerance, you find out because you say you're in a trade with a lot of money, your palms are going to be sweaty. You're not be able to sleep at night. These things aren't going to go well for you. You're obviously risking too much. So you need to dial it back in, you know, when you're, when you're able to see that movement of money and, and not, not get palm sweaty, that's when you have the ability to kind of say like, okay, this is my tolerance or this is what I can handle here. And it's usually a very, it's a very smaller number than compared to what you think you could, you could stand. That's my thought process. Yes. You know, one area of this whole field of play that comes to my mind is the area of in the securities world, financial counselors and the platforms that you where you do trade securities and the the sort of guidance counseling opportunities that are provided for you for yeah. for managing your money. And I had an interesting experience with that. I don't know how it translates to crypto, but I'm sure it does. First of all, I'm sure all of your peers have already discovered that the financial services industry is geared toward sales at all, all costs and is pretty sophisticated right down at the level of I've noticed these, well, they've been out for a while now, but apps like, like Robinhood and others that allow you to buy a fractional interest fractional in a shares. share of stock. So you yeah. can, you know, you can be eight years old and you're a player <laughs> with right. your allowance. <laughs> and they, and it's, it's that neon green gamify and it looks all game. It looks like a game. It's they, they do that on purpose to, you know, yes. we've talked about this before, not on here, but just in general where most of these things are becoming like gamified where people get that like addiction because they're doing it daily and stuff like that, which plays into a big part of, of, of like psyche of, of investing. Yes. Yes. So everything's geared toward to keeping you in, keeping you in, in buying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course the, the, the typical and common fee structure is a percentage of the total account. So they want to keep that annuity growing and grow that uh, annuity apart from, 
your, your performance. And so we recognize that. And one important piece of knowledge that I came upon, I don't know, years ago, couldn't even quote the analysis, but there were, were repeated analysis analyses of money managers and their performance relative to the S&P. And what was discovered is that fewer than half of the professional yeah. money managers were able to consistently beat the S&P, yeah. S&P 500. So which would lead you to logically conclude, particularly if, if you are just of normal persuasion Person, with yeah. regard to risk aversion yeah. is, well, why wouldn't I just buy the market? I got better than half a shot at that. Yeah. Whereas if I pick a money manager, I have a greater chance of picking yeah. wrong. Picking wrong, <laughs> so, yeah. So I just could have picked Melvin Capital. <laughs> <laughs> so I could simplify this analysis a lot, yeah. <laughs> right? And so it's just not that there aren't very successful money managers out there that add a lot of, of, of value when you you invest with with them. Sure, there are, but you, it's good to know the big picture statistics of success with regard to money managers' performance. And actually, that that piece of information being that professional money managers, fewer than half of them consistently beat the S&P 500, has been true for decades. Yeah. Decades. Very long time. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how that translates to crypto but when i think of crypto guidance then these things come to my mind just based on my experience yeah on the side of crypto there isn't really a lot of how you would say like a collective or like a you know like a fund really those have been kind of developing where you can have like a like a decentralized market money manager where you buy their token they delineate percentages for you they're like index funds some yes. of them have been pretty cool. I've looked uh -huh. into them. There's one that actually you buy it and it just trades ETH and Bitcoin against each other to stack more of the one or the other. So your, yes. your money grows better that way. So like during the mega, the first downfall of, of, of Bitcoin Ethereum, Ethereum went way lower. So you, they switched into Bitcoin before the fall so that they were able to kind of preserve some of that capital, even though it's, it's, they're both around the same, you know, it's, it definitely helps prevent some of these things on that side. It, I haven't seen anything that is great. So I recommend staying away from it. And that's why I always recommend, you know, what's the first thing that you came in like three weeks after starting crypto, you're like, Oh yeah, I like Bitcoin. I like Ethereum, but what about, what about Cardano or what about XRP? Polygon? Yeah. <laughs> What's on these? And it's like, all right, you know. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I want some sushi. He knows everything. He's the... <laughs> and, you know, if you look at those purchases, if you had made those with... That's why I always recommend starting super, super basic. Yes. Over time, yeah, start looking, you know, during the whole downtrend of a market, we've hopefully have preserved some capital to kind of deploy here. This is when you start looking, you know, over the next year, start looking at projects that interest you. You know, I'm looking at, you know, I've been looking at NFTs and stuff like that and the community growth through those. I, I think those are super interesting. I think they have a super high long-term application. Nothing that really like, oh, I want to invest in this right now or, you know, that I hadn't already invested in. But 
there's the application is there and I want to track it to see if I, anything pops up over the next yes. year for sure. Yes. And that's where my capital will be deployed. And then things like link stuff that's building ecosystems. Like you did say polygon. These are the times to look at those, uh, what they call altcoins, or, yeah. or sometimes if you know, referred to as shit coins <laughs> because <laughs> they, they go down down the toilet when the when the when the piper comes to call yes um yes. so i definitely think that you know these are the times to kind of deploy those if you're first time investor yeah super small eth bitcoin only start there go down the rabbit hole yourself but just re- you know realize that they will go down further most yes. likely just in in the grand scheme because we have more tightening on a Let macro me add- level let me add one more aspect to the know thyself that I think would be yeah. a, a, a good thing to, to, to finish with. And it's really an important one because you and I are different. Actually, we're a good illustration of a difference. You are actively engaged in crypto every day. It interests yeah. you. You're, yeah. you're good at it. You got the right mind for it. And therefore, you may have more and better success than a more casual, less involved investor. That's more like me with regard to to crypto. I'm more likely to do research up front, make an investment and let it sit. Maybe I look at it once a month, once a week, couple of weeks, whatever. But I'm I'm not in it and on it every day. And it's it's consistent with the message of Warren Buffett, probably recognize sure. the name. He was at one of his annual meetings and he was asked what was going to happen to his wealth when he passed away. And he said, well, in my family, I'm the only active trader. This is what I do kind of 24 seven. So the direction to my family is that the vast majority of my wealth is going to be put into index funds, tracking some of the major indexes, and then a small percent in short-term cash reserves. Because I don't really have anyone in my family that's, that embraces take this on and the is engaged in this. On. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So know thyself. Ask yourself, are you, do you have a mind for it like Austin? Are you engaged in it like Austin? Or is it a more tempered approach that really works for you? And that should bear upon your level of risk aversion and your purchases. Definitely agree. And, you know, it's not, and again, like it's not that I still make bad calls all the time. Like this week I lost, I had a, a, I thought Ethereum was going to kind of go higher after the merge just because my thought process here is, we have a short term, you know, kind of we'll see a supply crunch because only 90% is getting reduced. I think we'll see a supply crunch over the next while. But, you know, I was I bought a couple spot purchases of at the $1,400, $1,500 range. And again, this is like a DCA purchase, but, you know, I could have bought at $1,300 instead. So, again, that's my thought process here is always continually make smaller purchases. That's the nice thing about crypto too. You don't have to have <clears throat> a full share similar to how Robinhood is. You can have fractional shares of, yes. you, know, you can buy 0.0001 Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, it's a couple bucks. And <clears throat> that's where you start getting ingrained in the system, tr- learning about it, 
that's where you you know it takes a lot of knowledge to come into play here i mean you started a couple months ago you can you can already see if you had not gone the route i think if you kind of went by yourself i think it would have went a lot worse i've been wearing i'd be wearing a barrel (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so uh, we would have put them over the barrel on the crypto side here (laughs) and um you know the thought process here is find that that group of people that can kind of help you that's what we do here at NRN. So, you know, come join us, uh, check out the Discord, stuff like that. But that's pretty much all we got for this week. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know what our topic is. What do we, we got for on, on the burner here? Anything, we'll have uh, to cogitate a little bit, come up with something. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to shake some brain cells up to find out what we're going to talk about next week. A little bit of information today was coming out. We'll, we'll have known how much how much the Fed is uh, hitting us. Right. So that comes out comes out today. So if you're listening, yeah, probably some we'll, either we'll 75 see. or 100 basis points. I'm not sure. Yeah, about 48 percent is saying 100. 100. I I wish they would just do 100, get it over with. Like just do like 200. Just just that, do 300. Let's go ahead and have the recession and it's get on. Gonna happen. It. Yeah. Like you okay, already. Come on. You, you already yeah, messed soft, it up so much that it, we'll, we'll just see how Why bother yeah. with the soft landing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys next week on another episode of Bulldog New Tricks. Thanks. All right. Take care, Austin. Good chatting with you.